Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Hey, just wanted to give you a quick heads up that I have my fast track plan to your first or next 10K in your coaching business free class up and running for you at haleyrow.cartra.com slash page slash fast plan. So if you want to get that directly, you can just DM me on Instagram and say, hey, I want the fast track plan. Or you can go to that link, haleyroad.cartra.com slash page slash fast plan. I can't wait to share with you the steps to make your business growth less overwhelming and get you focused on the things that generate clients. Thanks so much. I am here today with Nikki Rausch, and she is going to be talking about how to hit your enrollment goals with your next launch as a coach. And Nikki, we have a lot of health and life coaches and mindset coaches listening to the show. And a lot of times they want to get their first one-on-one clients or they want to fill their first group program. And so I'm super excited to talk about launching because I think that's such a loaded word for so many coaches. And you know, you can be doing open enrollment or closed enrollment or so many different things. And so I'd love to just kind of talk with you today about what should somebody be thinking about when they want to fill those spots? So first, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and how you got into doing what you do. And then we'll go into the nitty gritty of launching. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to chat about this topic. A little bit about me. My company is Sales Maven. I'm a sales coach and trainer. My background is 25 years of sales experience. I'm also a master certified practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming with over 1,200 classroom hours. If that's a new term to anybody listening, it's really the study of communication. So I am an expert on the language of sales, and I teach a five-step process to a sales conversation called the selling staircase. And the idea is that when you're in a sales conversation, it should be something that you're doing with somebody, not to somebody. I think a lot of people get scared off by sales and it feels uncomfortable and icky. And a lot of times it's because you're showing up from this place of like, I think I'm supposed to do this to somebody and that feels really gross. And so I teach how do you have this collaborative experience and how do you make the conversation more impactful and effective? And um, yeah, so that's me. That's my business. I've been doing this for eight years and I work with clients in a couple different ways, private coaching clients, Uh, I have a group coaching program, and then I teach master classes once a quarter. How cool. Love it. Yeah. And I think um, when it comes to that sales conversation, you're so right. I hear so many people thinking, I got to ask for money. I hate asking for money. And I'm like, what? Like, no, you're delivering, you're partnering with a client to deliver a service. Yeah. Yeah. change, but you're not asked, you're not like just taking money and then not doing anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I feel like we have that, that in common. Yeah. It isn't about, it's not about taking. 
And it's, it's this idea of how can you learn how to make it a with and a collaborative experience for you, but also more importantly for the prospect, because people value what they pay for. And as much as you think they're paying you for whatever it is that you're going to deliver, really what they're doing is they're investing in themselves. And so there has to be a money exchange for that to happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about launch mode. So if somebody is setting a goal, let's say they want their first three clients or something, what would be the next steps in your book as far as what they should start thinking about? Well, the first step I'm going to back up and I always think, you know, number, number one is understand what's your outcome. Like what's your outcome? And of course, you're going to have like, what are the benefits for the person who's going to participate in your program or whatever it is that you're doing, but what's your outcome? And you have to approach all of your, your launch activities, knowing where your outcome is. Cause you know, I think Lewis Carroll quotes, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So you want to be really clear about what your outcome is. And then I always suggest to my clients that you set what I call a good, better and best goal. Because I think a lot of times we have this like, it's like all or nothing thinking. I either hit my goal and it was a success or I missed my goal and it was a failure. But realistically, when you're launching, especially in your first launch, having a good, better, best goal allows you to start to go, like for me, a good goal is what would validate this offer? So do you need one person to sign up for you to go, yeah, this is a valid offer. People will pay money for this. Or do you need five people to sign up for you to go, this is a course, you know, a class that I'm going to teach and I can, I can, I can teach it with five people. But, and then, and then, so you strive like heck to get to that good goal. And then once you've hit that, now you push towards the, the like better goal. And then what's your pie in the sky goal? Like what's the ultimate goal or what's the, what's the max that you could have in the course or, or however you set that. And I think having these benchmarks are a good way for you to help your mindset. So you don't get into this all or nothing thinking like I either succeeded or I failed, but that's not true. Cause a lot of times on a launch, especially if it's your first time, you, you have to just say, I, I think you have to go into it of like, I'm validating this as an offer. And I'm also giving myself the experience of delivering the offer and knowing what do I need to change or tweak for next time around? Because I think one of the things that people get into in launch mode is they, they want perfection. And so it keeps them from actually launching. But realistically, you have to put offers out and test them and see did it go well? What were the results that the clients got out of this? Did I enjoy what I was doing? Did I feel like I undersold it? Like, did I sell it for too little? Or next time, how would I change it? Should I have had a payment plan to it? Like all of that information, you really won't learn until you have actually delivered on a program or on a, you know, coaching service, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way you phrase good, better, and best. Um, and really, I talk about that a lot too with like cho your choices in your day and your habits and like putting a post out there. It's not always going to be the best. And sometimes it just needs to be a little bit better than the last one or whatever, That's right? right? That's um, right. So right. let's talk about when it comes to, I know a lot of my folks in the Health Coach Nation community, they struggle with 
talking about their offer, feeling like they're promoting themselves, feeling like they're overly promoting. They don't want to come off too salesy, but they want to talk about this launch and they want to actually get clients from their posts instead of just entertaining content. So what are some tips to talk about their program or talk about what they do in a way that is received well and maybe leads to some interested people signing up? One of the things that I teach in the five steps to the sales conversation, step two is to create curiosity. And it is the most misstep in the sales process and specifically on social media. Um, and so you have to learn how to create some curiosity. So I'm going to give like the simplest way to do this. And just to give a little background to it, when I teach creating curiosity, I often compare it to it's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat which I know sounds a little crazy. So stick with me here for a second. But the idea is when, when you hear people that are calling dogs, a lot of times to get dogs attention, they do this like high pitched, really like fun, like, come here, boy, come here. Like, oh my gosh, we're going to do, and dogs respond to that energy. And a lot of times when people are showing up on social media and they're wanting to share about their launch or whatever they've got going on, they show up with dog calling energy. But we don't, as humans, respond to dog calling energy. We actually push away from it. So instead, we want to have what I call cat calling energy. We want to have that little bit of that, here, kitty, kitty, you know, here, kitty, kitty. We want people to like want to be a part of the conversation. And so back to kind of my comment about sales isn't something you do to somebody. It's something you do with. You want to start having with conversations. And one of the ways to have with conversations is to create curiosity. And, and then from there, the way to actually do this is to start asking questions. I find on social media, we do a lot of talking at people like, here's this thing I'm doing. This is why it's so great. This is why you want to come. This is why, you know, you need this. You, you know, I know what you need, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of talking at people. But instead, if you would ask people questions, they're much more likely to engage. And the question could be something like, what has been your biggest struggle in regards to, you know, whatever the topic is that you're going to teach? And then you, and then in your post, you could actually have like a little curiosity creating statement of like, um, often, you know, so you ask the question, what's been your biggest struggle? Let people answer the question. And then further down in the post, you would have one of the most common things that clients often ask for is this. And this is why I created this program because we do a deep dive into this. Now this gets people thinking like, yeah, I have that struggle too. Oh, what, what is this program? Let me look, let me ask a question. Or another way to do it is you might say, um, like, what's the most exciting thing going on in your life right now? Like, ask that question and then say, you know what's exciting going on in my life right now? I'm about to launch this new program. Because now if people aren't interested in your program, they can still participate, right? They can still tell you what's interesting going on in their life or exciting, but a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go, well, here's my answer. What's your answer? And now they'll want to read or hear about your program. Yeah, I love that. Creating curiosity. And I agree on like sales calls. I always talk about how you want the way to soothe your fear in sales when it comes to, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm asking for money or I have to convince or anything like that is 
No, we're actually discovering or being curious about the potential client and seeing what they want and need and seeing if we can truly help them and seeing if it makes sense to go into our offer and all of that stuff. So anytime you're making a post or you're connecting with somebody online, I love the curiosity feeling driving your actions. That's a really good one. So what would be um, some other ways they could promote themselves without feeling nervous or, um, you know, any tips about that? Yeah. Well, one of the ways that you can also promote yourself is you can share your testimonials. You know, you can put that in a post or if you could get one of your clients who was happy with something that you did to shoot a little video, you could share that because when you share, even if it's just sharing the words that somebody says about you, um, you know, that speaks because it's kind of like, that's not me saying it. That's somebody else saying it about me. That builds credibility. And back to this idea of like asking a question, one of the questions sometimes I'll ask is like, what's the nicest thing somebody said to you lately? Here's what somebody had to say about me this week. And then you share that testimonial, right? So now we've created a little curiosity and now we're sharing other people's experiences and there's nothing better than having that as, as an option. You know, one of the things that I do on my, I have a podcast called Sales Maven. And one of the things I do on the podcast is I, I have two, two different things that I do to kind of build that credibility is I do on-air coaching calls so that people who listen to the podcast get an experience of like, what is it like to coach with Nikki? People often show up, my podcast listeners will hire me to do a strategy session with them. And they're like, gosh, this is exactly like how you do it on the podcast because yeah, now you know what it's going to be like to work with me. So that's one way you can also do it is, and you don't have to do it as a podcast, right? You could do just a mini coaching session on a Facebook live or on an Instagram, whatever you want to do. And then I also do sales success stories on the podcast. So I have a client come on and share their success story about something we've worked on together. So it's highlighting my client. It's getting people aware of their business and what they do, but it's also them talking about what they implemented as a result of working with me and the results that they got. And that's a huge win. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I've done that in the private group I'm, I host as a sales, like hot seat coaching. And it's so fun, first of all, but second of all, you're right. It gives the experience. And I know sometimes coaches are afraid to do that because they're like, well, I don't want to give it all away. But what's your stance on that? My stance is you you don't have to give it all away, but you do want to give those like those things that make you special and unique, you have to put them out there. So one of the things that my clients really love about me is the way that I answer questions. So I'm going to give people the opportunity to ask me questions as often as possible because when somebody gets the answer to one of their questions, they're like, dang, that was so good. I wonder what Nikki would say to my question. And then of course, then they want to take action. So I'm never afraid of giving stuff away. Um, I will say you don't want to just coach for free, but if you're using it as an example for a larger group to, you know, take advantage of, then you're not really giving it away for free. You're mark that's marketing to me. And and then if you are, you know, if somebody reaches out to me privately and says, hey, Nikki, I have this question, like, would you review such and such for me and give me feedback? My answer is yes, I will do that in a strategy session. That's a paid session 
because that's me giving something that's tailored specifically to you and your business. 100%. Absolutely. Now, what would you say? Because this is probably going to be the most other common thing is, oh, man, people just say my my program's too expensive. Pricing objection. As you're the sales expert, we got to ask you about that. Yeah. Well, the thing about too expensive is you need to check to see what do they mean by too expensive. And so anytime somebody raises an objection, you want to have what's known as the conditional close question. Now, this question, you're going to tailor it based on what their objection is. But just the structure of the question, it's it's essentially this. It's if I could demonstrate to your satisfaction that XYZ, whatever their objection is. So in this case, if I could demonstrate to your satisfaction that you would get more value out of this than what you invested, would you be interested in moving forward? So that's one way. So we have to check to see, is the real objection that they don't see the value of it? Is the real objection that they absolutely cannot afford it? Like what is the true objection? And you want to be really careful when you're in sales mode of making assumptions about what somebody's real objection is. You've got to check it out and ask. And if you're not willing to ask, you're probably not going to get the answer. And if you can't get the answer, it's hard for you to ever overcome that objection. So for sometimes the objection is, I just can't, I can't swing the full, you know, let's say it's a $5,000 program. I can't swing the full $5,000. So then now your, your job is to see, could you offer an alternative? So for me, it might be if I was able to offer you a payment plan, is that something you'd then want to move forward with? And if they're like, tell me about the payment plan, then I would tell them. What I don't do is, well, I have a payment plan and here's what it is and it's this and it's this and it's this. So it's going to make it super easy for you to afford it because I don't really have permission yet to do that. So I'm always going to check to say, so if I was able to do this, would you be interested? Because I want them to say, yeah, lay out the payment plan for me, Nikki. I think that is so, so important. So just because you get an objection doesn't mean it's a no. Um, but the, the other thing I will say about this is if the objection is price and the, the true objection behind the price is I absolutely cannot afford it, then that just means they're not ready for you. So bless and release. And I call that bless and release in the kindest, most positive way. Cause I'm not trying to tell people like, oh, you can't afford me. Like, oh, what a failure you must be like, go kick rocks. Like I never want anybody to feel shamed that they can't afford working with me. I want them to feel like, oh, Nikki respects where I am right now. And when I am ready, she's going to be the person that I go back to. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes it's a not right now. Yeah. Instead of a no. Yeah. And I love the way you it kind of goes back to your theme of curiosity is get micro yeses, get permission-based sales. So, yes. okay, so you can't do the payment in full. What about a payment plan? Pause. Don't just dictate the whole payment plan like you said. That yeah. was a really great tip. So what about, um, what could go wrong in a launch that maybe we should prepare for or any uh, tips that we should know before like going into a launch? We've set our outcome goal and now we're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm going to talk about the program. I'm going to, you know, book calls, whatever. What would mm -hmm. be your next advice? I feel like there's so many ways I could go with that question. So you tell me, Haley, if this is if this is helpful or if you want to go down a different direction. But the one thing that I, I think really does come to mind when it comes to launch is that a lot of people are so afraid of putting out 
too many emails to their list about the launch that they only want to send one or two emails. And because they're like, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of unsubscribes because, you know, if I just, I'm going to send one email. And, and again, I can go in a lot of directions here. So I'm just going to go down this one. No, this one's great. It's okay. All right, good. Thanks. So the thing about this, and I track this in my own business. So we track like every promotion that I put out, we, we track how many buyers do we get on each email for a promotion. So I have kind of a rule, like a rule for me is usually there's going to be at least four emails that go. Sometimes there's five, sometimes there's six emails that would go about something. And we know that the majority of our buyers either come on email one or email three and four. And so when people say to me like, oh, Nikki, I'm only going to put out two emails, I can show them stats and go, look, if I had only put out two emails, look how many buyers I would have missed out on, on this promotion, on this other promotion, on this other promotion. You can't just put it in front of somebody once or twice and think that's enough. It just, it's not enough. And yes, you will get unsubscribers. That's the part of the game of being in business and having an email list. But if you treat your email list like it's some precious little thing that should be set on a shelf and you shouldn't mess with it because it's going to change, then you you completely are missing the mark on what an email is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an asset for your business and you should utilize it and take advantage of it. And, you know, I always say, don't put promotions out for your unsubscribers. You put promotions out for the people who are ready to buy. And we never know when people are in that mode of like buy. So I'm always trying to hit the trifecta, right offer, right time, right people, like the right for the right person. And I don't know what that's going to be each time. I have people who've seen the same offer from me 10 times before they actually buy it. I think I heard you talk about this on your podcast. Was it, I think it was you that said, um, on average, you sometimes you have to touch between seven and did you say seven yeah. and 70? Yeah. Okay. Well, I used, thought I heard you say it that. used to be seven and like 17. Yes. That's world. Yeah. And now it's like 70 to 77 online <laughs> because we're so distracted. Yeah. That, and these days and people's attention span is so short and the market's gotten more saturated. So it's like all of that combined now is like, they need to hear from you a lot. They That's might right. Have, and same thing with high ticket sales. It can be anywhere from 90. I was talking to somebody else who was an ad strategist and she was saying one of her clients, it takes at least 90 to 180 days for the leads that they bring in through their ads for them to convert. Yeah. And I just was like, so many people get defeated before that point. And they yeah. just think it's all been a waste. And just like you said with the emails, they might be one email away from that next like turning point with somebody. But because they get defeated or impatient or like, oh, no, I've said it too many times. I'm going to stop. That's like ah, that's like the point where they miss it. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really glad that you highlighted that for sure. Yeah, there is this idea that, and th this comes from my background in neurolinguistic programming, that people have what's known as a convincer strategy. You have one, I have one, and it's context specific. In certain contexts of our life, our convincer strategy might be one or two times before we hear about something, before we say like, yes. But other contacts in other parts of our life, we might be like, not only do I need to hear about it, but I need to know somebody who did it. And I need to read an article about it. And I need to see an ad about it. Like there's all these different things that are convincer strategies. And like your example, you just gave about the ad strategy. It could also be a period of time 
So you never know when you're going to hit somebody's convincer strategy. So don't make an assumption because most people couldn't even tell you. I can tell you in certain contexts what my convincer strategy is, but in other contexts, I don't even know what it is. But I'm the kind of person like you can show me an ad and the first time I see it, I think that is the dumbest product I've ever seen. You know, five more times I'm starting to go like, oh, I could see how people use that. You know, on the 20th time, I'm like, I totally need that product. You know, that's that's my convincer strategy in certain areas. So you don't know what people's convincer strategies are. So be willing to stay in it with them as long as they're willing to stay in it with you and keep putting an offer in front of them because they will either go away because they're turned off or they're never going to buy from you. And that's okay. Those are the bless and release people. Or at some point they're going to go, gosh, you know, I've been listening to Haley's podcast. I'm in her Facebook group. I've done this with her. I've done that with her. I've heard her talk about this thing. And you know what? I think I'm ready. And now they come and join your program. Yeah, it's for sure. Can I share a very quick story about convincer strategy? Okay, please, please. Recently, my sister and I are both expanding our knowledge in real estate. And so I wanted to get my course to do that. And it was recommended to me by somebody who I know who knows which one to pick. And she was great. And she sent me the link. And I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to do this. It's like 300 bucks. I'm like, this is, I really value like education and I invest in coaches and things like that. So yeah. I'm always like sold on that kind of stuff. So I'm like, oh yeah. And then they have a refund policy. If I don't like it in the first week, I'm like, I'm totally in, I'm done, bought it like two hours into the course. And then my sister on the other hand is like, oh, I need to get it too. Cause you got it. But then she, and she's about to hit buy, but then all these questions come up like, okay, are you sure this is the right one that so-and-so said? And do you think like, are, like we need to have add-ons later to this that we'll have to buy more of? And like, like she's like totally thinking the questions, overthinking it. I'm like, yeah. worst case scenario, you return it in the first week, refund policy, it's great. Like so-and-so said to get it. Like, so I'm very much like a fast decision maker. Uh -huh. I'm in or out. I don't need to talk to 1200 people who did the course. Like, I'm just like, I'll figure I'll do it and then I'll find out if I like it, you know? Yeah. Is, she was her convincer strategy. And I don't know, maybe this is a different thing, but no, this is exactly you're, you're fast, nailing it. Yeah. How, how fast somebody cooks when it comes to making a decision and yep. buying something. Yes. He was more like that analytical, like, okay, are we sure? Like, and so, um, I'm really glad you brought that up. And, um, when it comes to what if somebody feels like, you know, Nikki, I, I'm kind of newer to this. My audience is still growing. I don't have a huge list. I don't have a huge following, but I do want to launch my program and I do want to get clients, but mm -hmm. I just don't know if there's enough people seeing me. What do, what do you recommend to somebody like that? Well, the here, I'm going to give you the easiest way to build your business. And I'm going to say it's the easiest way, but it's also the way that people never want to do first. <laughs> okay. So it has to do with reaching out to your network and asking people to make introductions on your behalf, using your network to open doors for you. And it's that one thing that people often get really uncomfortable and they're like, I don't want to ask anybody for a favor. And what if I send Haley a message and I ask her if she would introduce me to Nikki and is, is Haley going to be offended? It's like, no, not if you have a relationship with Haley, you know, or or if you want to, like, if somebody wants to meet Haley, now I know Haley. And if you want to reach out to me and go, hey, Nikki, would you introduce me to Haley? Depending on our relationship, I'm probably going to say yes, as long as there's some benefit it, 
some benefit to Haley for me to introduce this person to them. So use your network. You have people in your network that will open doors for you. However, they won't just open doors randomly very often. You have to plant that seed. So I actually have a course called Authentic Sales Conversations, and I actually give some scripts in there around this. And this is one of the assignments that I give to my private VIP coaching clients for business development. This is the number one way that we start to build their business in a big, big way. And it, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. So if you have a program you want to launch in two weeks, you're probably going to miss your numbers if you're just now starting this. You want to start this from early on. So that means if you know you're going to launch a program in six months, let's start this now. Let's start making connections and introductions and start asking people to open doors for you. And you know, it's not like you want to go back to the same person over and over. We're not trying to tax people, but it's okay to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, my friend, you know, whoever your friend is, you know, one of the things I'm working on this year is launching this program and the benefits of the people that are, are in there are going to get this, this, and this. Is it okay to ask who do you know that would be a good fit? See who they know and then say, would you be willing to make an introduction on my behalf? Because if they'll make that introduction for you, you get to ride the coattails of the credibility that that person has with the person they're introducing you to. So it's the easiest way <laughs> to build business, especially if you're like, I don't have a big following. I don't have a big email list. You can build your business without having an email list and without having a big following on social media. Many of us have examples of how we've done it in our own businesses. And it, you know, none of us just, at least most people I don't, don't just like show up, you know, launch a podcast and have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. That's not how it works. It's kind of one at a time and you just start building. So start building, use this opportunity to ask people to open doors for you. And, and because I say it's a planting seed thing, they may go like, gosh, I don't know anybody right now. But it's kind of that same theory of like, you know, when you go and you buy a new car and then you start driving it around and then now you see that car everywhere. That kind of happens when you ask people to open doors for you. So initially they might go, yeah, I don't think I know anybody. And then next week they're, they're talking to somebody who mentions that they need some kind of help with whatever it is this, you know, that you're doing. And they go, oh my gosh, I should totally introduce you to my friend Haley. She's got this program that she does and she's amazing. And here's all the things I love about her. And, you know, can I make an introduction for you? And this is so great, right? And so my clients that actually do this, they usually come back to me. And again, it's a long, it's a long game. You're playing the long game here, but usually they'll come back two months in. They're like, I hate this. I hate doing this, Nikki. It's super uncomfortable. Three months in, they're like, oh, it's not too bad. Four months in, they're like, I just booked this huge new client. You know, six months in, they're like, my business, my like my roster starting to fill. So it's it's a work in progress. And it really is the easiest way to build your business. Totally. Love it. Awesome. So Nikki. How can everybody connect with you after this episode? Well, I have, I'm going to wrap it around a gift if that's okay for your audience. So I have a book, an ebook called Closing the Sale, and it's all about boosting your confidence in that closed conversation. I know we didn't get too deep into that in the, in the call today. So you can get that by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash Haley. So this is for your audience. So yoursalesmaven.com forward slash Haley. I'd love to gift that book to you. And also, I think I mentioned I have a podcast. So that's another way to connect with me. It's called Sales Maven. And I'd love to hear from 
a listener, what was your takeaway from today? Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I love the tangible tips that you gave and the examples. And thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.